Special edition with Mills Astu from Astu, my old boss, a man of many thoughts, much talent, many designers, big studios, many fields. So um, many, many is there. <laughs> so many, so many, many, so many, many. This is the so many, many Mills episode of Pack Unleashed. So yeah, guys, this was this was a fun one for me to do. But anyway, enough about me. Let's make this more about you. Today, you guys are going to be listening to an exclusive interview with none other than Mr. Matt Miller, Mills, Mills Us Two from the famous Us Two Studios. Um, I had the privilege and pleasure of working for this guy many, many moons ago. And wow, nearly eight or nine years ago. And uh, we got together and had a little chat after doing our new normal episode um, about all the kind of things that make us tick, uh, our careers, the mistakes we've made, the successes we've had, and um, really got a great insight into how he's taken a what was a very small team of designers and turned it into the global brand that is us to and what about the games though right Channel, yeah i'm gonna to get to the games in a minute i'm <laughs> he's so, so talky he has to say he has to say dom does he do this too he has to talk all the time yeah Such i had to send a gag by the mail just to shut him up mute button unbelievable anyway as 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 john mentioned there are also some games in there um whale trail the dot dot two dot three then there was a little one called monument valley did okay for them um but yeah no it's it's a really interesting chat um talking about all things from family to studios to dealing with horrible things like uh, redundancies to uh, all the kind of ups and downs of studio life and finding out really what makes him tick and what makes that business tick so yeah that is today awesome let's roll that shit the main event. Yes, right. yes, yes. So this is whole new. I actually made this up today. So uh, I like. the perfect, the perfect man to do this with me. So I want to talk about um, something that's really, really close to me and the guys of the pack, which is about permission to fail. Yes. And who better to talk to than Mr. Sixalia himself, Matt Miller, aka the one of the one of the brains behind us two back in the day with Sings and one of my old bosses. So look, dude, I just wanted to like riff with you a little bit. It's been ages since we picked up anything or even talk and our lives have changed massively. And, you know, failure is such a big part of success. And I spent my whole life trying to make everything perfect and everything work well and overthinking everything and thinking about what people thought about me. And it made me really unhappy and, now I've adjusted that and I know we've been talking about it and you've done the same, but let, let's talk a little bit about that because I know you're passionate about it too. So tell me about yourself, Mr. Mills. Bloody hell, that's an open-ended question there. Tell me about myself in terms of the, the, the failure part of it or... No, tell me, just tell me like, okay, let's start where we met, right? So yeah. we worked together. Oh, I see, yeah. I was... I'm going to retell the story, actually. As you yeah, I, yeah, I want to hear if it's the same as... Yeah, go on then. So, so this, is, this is probably not what actually happened, but this is the legend that was printed, that I came walking in with a white T-shirt vest on with a gold chain around my neck. That's true. All the way from Hull. 
I, I mean, like, I'm going to question that vitality of that statement. It might be true. It, it definitely is true. But like, let's pretend it's not true for a minute because it's a lot less embarrassing for me. Um, I came down and chatted to you for about three hours and I was living in the north of England at the time. And I met you and you had these socks on and shorts. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you, look, the man with the shortest shorts. Oh, oh, Nice. This is yeah, that's that's um that's a nice reminder there because I've realised they always do good shorts though. That's a New Zealand company, isn't oh, it? Oh mate, mate, this is it. The rubber shorts, the way forward. The hey, is it? You're right. I'm going to get some off this. Good man. You need to do that anyway. So so we got together and it was back in the day. I think probably like three years after you'd started us two, and um, you know we talked about it earlier. It was a big bunch of people. In a room, I think there were about thirty when I joined. It wasn't that big then. You were like, in no, in fairness, you were like a celebrity in my eyes at that stage because you were kind of like, <laughs> when you were like the don of, you were like the don of flashlight, weren't you? You were like doing oh fuck stuff. yeah. So well, again, it's like that's that's the crazy thing about it. At the time, I think I was working in the north of England, and um, I had no work. I'd set up a technology company in Hull, which was like there was no technology within fifty miles of Hull. Um, and I ended up doing this like flashlight user group and wow. ended up meeting you guys through that. And it looked like I knew what the fuck I was talking about, but I didn't. But because I'd just gone out and done something, it kind of gave me this weird credibility, which tricked you into giving me a job. And <laughs> well, I mean, it, but it's interesting to hear you say that, but the fact of the matter is you actually had done something. So there's you thinking that you didn't know how to do something, but you had actually done something, which is more than most people ever do. So in many ways that you had, I mean, you know, the proof was in the pudding uh, and, you know, you were out there being passionate about it. I mean, obviously that attracted to us. I mean, it's funny that you just mentioned the word Hull. That would have made me like you because I had, I grew up going to Hull every month, so every year. So I, there would have been an affinity around that. This is, I used to come down on the train. Do you remember when we, because we started, I was working remotely for a bit and then I ended up coming down the train and sleeping on the studio sofa. I mean, I think, you know, you know, we talked about this earlier, didn't we? But I mean, what would have happened is you'd have come in and you you are, I mean, for anyone that's ever met you, you're instantly lovable. And I think, you know, oh, dude. I think there's just, yeah, there was, you know, it was, it fit perfectly, didn't it? Like we were trying to get into a new space. You were someone who's leading the pack in that. Um, and, you know, this idea, it, it almost felt like you were looking for a home and we were looking for yeah. more people for our homes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, didn't we talk about this last night on the jokes? We, uh, I remember I was in, is it side, where's that place that basically looks like white everywhere on the side of a cliff? It's like a Greece or something. Um, oh. Greece? It's, it's yeah. like a famous place in the world where it is something like... Oh, uh, with, with the blue buildings? No, they're all white pretty much. They're all going down and they're all going down towards the beach. Oh, we'll look after it. Oh, I, I, I think I know, I, I think I know, it, right in, if you, if you know anybody. And I remember, like, there with my wife. That so that would have been that. Well, in fact, that would have been eleven years ago because that's when Gracie was um, was going to be born. Yeah. Um, yeah, it must have been. So I mean, I remember having my BlackBerry, and um, yeah, I remember like I'm, I oh, I think this is true that you know I'm do, that's when we were doing the deal of like getting you. Maybe this is before you came down and like sort of essentially <laughs> signing you. Yeah. And I like this idea that we signed you. Like you were like a big name sign. You were the Lionel Messi of the, uh, of the flashlight world. <laughs> Lionel Messi of flashlight. Do you know, I've opened that on my CV right now. That's, that's, that's the keeper. I allowed myself to believe you were that anyway. 
So then I think, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, what was amazing about you is you come in, yeah, like you were confident. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Maybe you weren't confident, but you, you, had a sh- you, you had a front around confidence that actually what I found so confident about it was I could sense that you weren't confident. So there wasn't like, yeah. you were never like, even though I think you were playing a character of like being confident, you, you're real, you weren't like a confident arsehole. You were actually a lovable, confident person. Who wasn't confident? Oh yeah, because 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 not confident at all. I, I yeah. think that's like, and and you know that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today. Because obviously, like, look, you know, if, if you look online and you look up meals, you will see the big two hundred plus sort of global entity that is us two, and you know some craziness on various social media channels and some of the old videos with wigs and stuff like that. But like, you know, I I know you quite well, and I know that you know you are fundamentally just yourself but at the same time I think like most people that have like lots of responsibilities or run businesses have like you know a a bit you know a bit of a identity crisis and and confidence crisis I know I did like having 5k and other businesses like that um and I think like that's kind of the stuff I want to talk about because I think you know a, a lot of people have these chats about business and it all being successful and, you know, promoting the next thing and hustling and all that kind of shit that goes with it. And it's always this front of looking amazing. And I, I think from all the things I've done in my life, the failures are the things that have taught me the most. Oh, um, undoubtedly. And, and like, I'd just be really interested to kind of hear like how you feel that's affected you because, you know, behind the headlines and the BAFTAs and everything else, you know, it's a struggle running a big business. I only ran a small one. That was a struggle. So, mm. you know, how did it go? Cause it was kind of a massive meteoric rise at the beginning, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. So. But I mean, I think so, you know, I'm, I always, there's no doubt that, you know, I'm not able to sit here and say, we're not successful. I'm not just saying that as a show piece. I'm just saying that that is, mm. you know, the reality clearly is that we've done well, but, the reason I say that is that there's also equally no doubt that luck played a huge role in that, in you know, the timing. You know, we there's many agencies I'm sure were run by good people and, and had amazing talent in there, but they didn't necessarily accidentally stumble across mobile like we had and, you know, get obsessed about it before anyone else did. So, you know, we, 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 the, that meteoric rise was due not to was was definitely down to the fact that we worked hard and we were passionate. But the reality was that there was a huge market drive for mobile that the, the, that everyone was getting swept up in. And we just happened to be like on a speedboat that was already working on the wave, whereas opposed to the other people just getting their speedboats working when the wave hit. So, you know, it got big quick, you know. Um, and I think because we were essentially, we talked a bit earlier, we were all young together. I think we were all washed up in this crazy world of mobile. Everyone was excited about it. Where we had a big issue actually was actually after you left is that when, when that- I know, it must've been a nightmare for you. I mean, obviously it all felt- hey, It was that. very difficult to get past that. No, no, but I mean, it was difficult because of course, I guess in many ways, you know, 15 years we've been doing us to now, we've had to, on reflection now, every couple of years we've had to change things. and. You know, we've got, you know, we've had like stages like where us two is us two, but it's a different us two than it was three years ago. And I think, you know, where where me and Sinks really realized that we had to step up and grow up and take things 
and be strong leaders was actually when we had to start saying no to things and when we actually had to start letting people go and we had to start making decisions that impacted people. Because I think in the times that you were there and that meteoric rise, everything is okay when everyone's making money, yeah. they say yes to everything. Easy, right? I mean, I think says to me all the time, anyone, what you were, anyone can run a business when things are going well. When things got hard, really hard for us about four years, five years ago, was when the wave had crashed. You know, everyone was kind of doing the same thing. You know, we weren't a young company anymore that, you know, we were actually established. We couldn't convince ourselves we were this new kid in the blog. And we had to make a really, and, you know, we actually took our after ball on the client service side. We, we took our after ball, Monument Valley had done really well. And we started getting obsessed about building a games company. We launched Dice as a co-venture and we were working in actually me and Sinks in that. We were really excited about that. And, you know, the client service side, which at that point had like 300 people, was sort of saying, where the fuck are our leaders going? And, no, we lost a lot of money over that time. And because we were making, you know, good money from Monument Valley, we basically, without really consciously doing it, we were just pouring the money we were making from Monument Valley into the bucket that was the studios. So eventually we had to, we had to you know, we, we, had to, we realized that we had to um, respect money more. And we had to make changes, and and we, we either had we either had to face the fact that we were going to lose a big business, or we had to make step in and be leaders, make changes that were going to be hard, move people on that that weren't right for the business, and realize that you couldn't make everyone happy all the time, and being a people pleaser was no longer the right thing. So, mm. what I'm saying is like we being a leader in those two years was very with a lot. About two years ago, those two years before, four years ago, were the hardest times me and Cease have ever had. And we questioned whether or not we had it. And I wouldn't change it for everything, though, because I think that's where we became, that's where we realized that we were actually were capable of leading. Yeah. How did you deal with that, like, like mentally? Because, like, it's tough, right? It's really, really fucking hard to see stuff change. And especially, like you said, when it's, it's running really well at the beginning and, and you know, you've got that kind of like momentum when that slowly starts to wear out, but you're still going the same thing. How, how did you deal with it? Cause I know, look, I know how much you give a shit about everybody that's mm. ever worked for you, whether, you know, it's worked out well or not. Um, how, how did you personally deal with that side of things? I mean, personally, actually, I didn't, I probably, I, I recoiled quite a bit to start with. Like there was, a, I things gave me quite a bit of time off. I basically just pulled away from certain things because I really wasn't emotionally able to deal with it. At the same time, I think I was going through, a, I don't know if it was ever d- depression per se, but um, you know, the thing that I knew that I loved the most, us two, more than anything, more than my wife and my kids. I mean, and that was a true reality as my wife would always tell, tell me, um, was suddenly perhaps the one thing that was causing me the problems. And, and yet, this idea of walking away from the only thing that I knew I loved properly at that time was a very scary, daunting thing. That's when I got into my ultra running and I just got into this idea of trying to achieve something that wasn't just us two. And yeah. at that same time, we actually asked for help. So me and Six reached out. We, we actually brought in a, a chairman, Kath, who's still with us to this day. You know, and, we, and I think our mindset changed from being these kids that really didn't want to ask for anyone for help to to being people that realize that leadership is about you know is about knowing when to get help and and yeah. and being humble enough to realize that we couldn't do everything and actually at the scale it was and the operational rigor that it needed and 
wasn't actually what me and Sinks even wanted to be doing. Sinks did step in for a year to be like a more focused CEO in preparation for the headhunt that we were doing for a new CEO. Um, yeah. And we, 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 look, we totally transformed the business. We, like, we broke it up. We, 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 we made games separate from studios. We, we set up a board. We did a lot of things we thought we'd never do actually. And we, and we put a lot of governance in and which actually the early years I would have said, Oh God, you're great. You know, you're shit, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't corporate at all actually, because actually all those things were actually enabling me to be better at what I was good at and, and better at what Sinks was good at. So look, these things are difficult, but I, I, you know, I'll always, whenever I talk about business, I never want to be one of those people that claims it was easy. As I say, it was easy in the early years because there was a market wave and we were passionate, but now, you know, these last few years have, have definitely been harder. They've definitely been, you know, we, we make more money today than we ever have, but it's, it's, it's a very different business to the, you know, the years that we were doing. I think that's the thing though, isn't it? It's like, you know, I went off and did my own thing for a little bit. And yeah. I mean, you've been money. there. Yeah. But I didn't, I mean, like I've done like it in the miniature world. It's kind of like, you know, if you take yours, which is a big grown up way of doing it and, and at massive scale, I mean, like in a miniature world, but you know, there was a point that I and we as, as a business of IK made, made a lot of money very quickly. And, um, but my happiness never went up proportionally to that. I, I actually say that my happiness went down the more that I kind of did that. And it, obviously it was a big changing point in my life as well. And, and my life went pretty pretty fucked up in a way because I had this I built this thing where it kind of took over like you were saying from my actual family and you know I guess that's like one of the things that I'm really interested in about talking to you is this kind of company versus family because for me I completely fucked up I I just didn't see my wife I didn't see my kids I was out drinking you know it, it was just all absolutely crazy and so so you had a similar kind of thing going on like that to a degree would you say like the yeah i mean i think i mean it's funny I, I, yeah i mean i still i mean i still to i still to this day still have that feeling i mean i mean i put more in although my you know my, my wife is my best friend along with sinks as well um and my kids you know are my kids and us two is is it's still my thing. It's still the thing that really is my real baby. And, and it's weird to have such an empathy towards something that obviously is a construct, but you know, it, I, I try to believe it wasn't that important and it was important. I think now I've found a better balance, but my balance is not like, it's still that one is much more, it's not more important, but it's where my passion is, my hobby. It's my, it's where I get my energy from. It's a vehicle to, 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 to make me feel good. I think, you know, Lee, Lee, I think when me and Lise talked about it about a year ago, she, you know, she, she talked about knowing that us two was always, she always knew that she was second to the company. And, I, and actually when I heard that, I think it was a powerful thing because it, it grounded me a lot. It made me realize how much she had sacrificed in allowing me to do what I wanted to do. And I think in hearing that, what I, I've no, what I don't do now is take for granted that support that she gave me. So mm. although I still go all in and I'm still obsessed about us two and us, you know, I'm, you know, I'm working from home every day for the last six weeks, but I'm still up in my bedroom, up in this attic at seven in the morning and I don't leave it and I don't really leave it for 12 hours. And she knows that. 
Um, she's probably glad half the time. So I just think I just I'm just different in that I don't I'm not completely oblivious to the fact that mm-hmm. without Lisa I wouldn't be able to do this. And you know, yeah. and I talk to her about stuff that I never used to talk to her about as well in terms of the business. I get her advice around stuff. So I used to like protect her. I think I was protecting her from the business by not talking about it. But actually, that you know, it's it's quite a weird thing. She she knows that I spend most of my life talking about with people that she doesn't know. So now I've brought her into the fold more. She helps me with certain sure. things. And actually, just like I reach out for help with our board and and other advisors, she's one of those people now. I think I think family is such a hard thing, isn't it? When you run a business or you have like a passion to like do something. And I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, um, especially over the last couple of years is like, what is achieving something? Because it's so easy to like buy into this whole, you know, you have to have a big business or you have to have this or all yeah. this stuff. And the more stuff I got, the more unhappy I was and the more that made me unhappy in myself and the worst life decisions I made. And, and like to the point of like almost alienating my family completely. Um, and that was tough, you know, that's taken some repairing and I went through phases of, oh, you know, I want a big, big business. And I think in some ways I wanted to copy what, you know, the stuff that we'd done at us to, but, you know, that was never me. And that, you know, it's that search for self that we talked about earlier, right? What, what is that? Um, what makes you feel, you know, fulfilled? Um, do you feel more fulfilled now with the way that you're working at us to and just life in general? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's funny, well, I've had this conversation actually with someone else who's just about to start their business out, and I'm trying to really make sure I, I they understand what it is they're trying to achieve, um, because ultimately, I think we've all seen, I mean, you probably saw it with 5K as well, that if you're not careful, the business, people start the business thinking they're going to be their own boss, it's the classic thing people say, and you eventually end up a slave to the business, and that's definitely what happened to me. Yeah. I think at some point, I was no longer... The, the business was running me and I wasn't in charge of that. Someone the other day, actually, I mean, it's, to me, it was very profound, but I I think I must have tweeted something out as my, that's old, the beauty of just saying stuff you don't know if you mean. Uh, I think I put something on Instagram or something and, and someone reached out and said, Mill, it strikes me that what you just said is true success. You actually have enough time to basically help other people because you love doing that. And it made me think, wait a sec, actually the way I've set up the business now, me and Sinks actually only need to, we actually don't need to do anything other than turn up to the board once a month if we wanted to only do that. Um, and, I'm not, and, I'm, and I'm saying that for two reasons. One, we've set up the business in order to actually work without us. That was a conscious decision a few years ago. I'm not saying I don't want to be there, but I wanted to make sure that if anything happened to me and Sinks, it wouldn't, we wouldn't lose sure. the, the very thing that we've spent years on. And equally, I think, um, I wanted to find out what it is I love. Um, where, oh, fuck, now I totally forgot about the question, but um, I do feel, I actually have started to feel a real sense of achievement and purpose. And it's not because I've made loads of money, because actually I haven't. I mean, we've always kept the money in the business. Don't get me wrong. I've always believed if you have enough money and you've got a limit to what you're actually trying to get, then then actually fine you know if you can if for me it's quite basic if you can get if i can secure the knowledge that um that my family are going to be okay and i can never have to get a job again which would absolutely kill me because i'm a total joke 
And, and I can, and and all honestly, I can take, I can go on holidays every year with the family and actually appreciate yeah. that time. I don't want for anything else. I don't actually give a shit about physical things. I'm in a, I like this small room that's got nothing in it. So I think if you, if you're lucky enough to, to, to never be driven by money, but yet you understand the importance of it to a level, then every, then actually I've realized now that my purpose and my happiness comes not from money at all, but it totally comes from helping people or feeling useful to somebody else and that's so i'm in a position now where the business runs without me other than me just you know making sure it has ambition and i can focus every day on trying to help people who are just starting out and i'm the luckiest human on earth in that respect because that gives me energy plus it makes me feel young yeah. plus it makes me get new ideas because i steal them all and um yeah like <laughs> But I, I think that's the cool thing, right? Because, like, I, I remember, like, running a business before and, like you said, the business taking over life. And I think sometimes people go into this and they're like, they don't realise they're just creating themselves a really badly paid job because they're doing so much stuff. And actually, to aspire to having a business that can run without you, I think that is probably, you know, out of all the things, probably one of the things that's going to give you the time because fundamentally that's the thing you can't get back, right? I found that. You know, I yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, that's, I mean, I, I've started to allow myself to realize that what means, and this sounds like we're trumping ourselves or whatever that word means, but, um, you know, like we, there aren't many people, I think, that actually, most people would probably sell their business around now. And, I, you know, a lot of my peers who, who built, you know, very successful agencies have sold out, made an awful lot of money. But yet, what I see from them is almost a, a loss. Of, you know, they've lost the, an identity. Now, they're obviously, you can build a business and not wrap your identity up in it. And I think actually, I wasn't unable. I was unable to do that. I ha- my my identity is us two, and I purposely did that. And I I don't suggest that everyone does that. Um, so, but I I want my identity to be in us two. Like that for me is part of why that is my thing. I love. So, yeah, definitely don't go. Yeah. Don't start a business if you think you're going to be totally free, because actually, I think by and large, you're going to be the unfreest you've ever been. And certainly, if you don't like people, don't you know? Don't start a business because I mean, you saw it. We like we are one point four hundred people at that stage. Though it was that it was a different time because it was we were the days of it was basically a big party in many ways. That I yeah, was okay yeah, was, dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I don't. I mean, I now us two is it's extremely well run and it's and it's there's you know we have to think about career development and we have to think about you know we have to think about you know obviously rightly so diversity we have to think about leadership we have to think about succession planning we have to think about governance of the business these are not the things that i naturally would do but i know the importance of them to make us do better so hence i make sure that we bring in people who absolutely have the skills to develop that for people you know my ego doesn't get in the way of that if I can spend more time not doing that, brilliant. I can go and do my own thing, dancing on Instagram. I like the dancing on Instagram. I think I think there's a niche for that. I do. Hey, I enjoy I'm the red one. Because I said that you're about the fifth person even today to say it. And I keep going downstairs to Lise and saying, I just want to tell you another person has told me that my dancing is appreciated. Yeah, but I think the thing is, just do it. Like, I, I think that's, I, I tell you what, like, and I'll be completely honest, one of the things I've always struggled with the most is having the fucking balls to be myself. Like, I, you mentioned earlier, like, I think there's a way that you can come across sometimes confident without actually having that confidence. 
I, I find it really fucking hard to like let loose and be myself. And I kind of do admire that in a lot of people, you know, I think, I think it's tough at a certain point. I think if I'm being honest, it comes down to ego. And I think when you don't know necessarily who you are, that becomes even worse. I think that's why I went down the path I went down and, and, you know, my kind of life fell apart a little bit around it as well. But I think what you just said then is really out, mate, because I think the thing is one, it's hard. I, I, I don't think people necessarily do always know who they are. And, you know, it's taken me, I was actually always being who I was, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't recognize that that was okay yeah. to know that. You know, so I'm actually just, I, I think once you just realize, thing is being yourself might, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to dance on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? You know, that for me, I'm like, I, like Lisa said the other day, you're a bit of a narcissist. And actually it was, you know, and certainly if you were looking at my Instagram a few weeks ago for a while, like everything is about me, like, and it is a bit weird. But then I said to see, I said to Lisa, you know what, Lisa, actually you're right. I, I like it. I do like the attention I give to, I like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend I don't like that attention. So actually, yeah. why would, I wouldn't be myself if I stopped doing that. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm not saying it's not narcissistical in some ways, yeah. but I actually, like, I'm doing it for me. If someone else likes it, fine. If they don't like it, fine. But I'm doing it for me. I get energy from it. And that's why I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, that kind of feeds into what, again, what we kind of mentioned earlier, which is this kind of creativity. And I think, you know, we, we, we're, you know, very much you have definitely been kind of the forefront in the digital design business, right? And I think, like, there is that kind of side of thing. It comes down to ego and it comes down to the way that you're perceived, but that level of creative output, and, you know, I know, for instance, us two's always been super about, you know, the, the best polished work coming out. And, and I guess moving from being a product company to then having the gains and opening yourself up to um, praise and criticism from various parts of, you know, the world via the yeah. Internet. Um, how have you dealt with that? In terms of me or the work itself? No, in terms of you, man, I think like I think there's, you know, you you have an aspiration of of what you want to put out in the world right and then yeah. i know you give a shit about how people feel about it because you give a shit about how you feel about it so how, how did you deal with that like exposing yourself to that kind of i suppose stimulus is that the fucking word but like yeah. you know that kind of feedback direct feedback both good and bad well i i i, I mean now i look back i think obviously i didn't always deal with it very well because i was naive or young or too, or cared too much about people people you know i did i wasn't able to separate in the early days people criticizing me for what they actually saw and versus who i actually am you know because I, one thing i wouldn't do now is i don't i don't pile in on people on twitter or instagram or, or, or i try not to make assumptions about people on on something they've said or, or or do because i actually also know that that they might just be doing what i do and just testing stuff out and not being real so i think you just have to i think there's a, there's no actual point caring what a random person you don't know thinks about you if they if they don't haven't taken the time to get to know you um equally yeah. so I mean, I think you've got to be, I think you've got to, put, I mean, if you don't put stuff out there, then, then don't put stuff out. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I, I get my kicks out of chucking stuff there and seeing what reaction I get. And that reaction helps me decide whether or not I agree with something. 
seeing some obviously my co-founder, he would never, I mean, he doesn't use social media. He doesn't want to put stuff out. He, he just doesn't get driven by that. He doesn't give a shit about what I like. Yeah. My creativity is not having a talent around drawing a great picture or building something really special or coming out with a game idea. It's, it's just about being my, well, I'm saying this, but I'm not saying others say this. My creativity is, is, is trying to demonstrate being, just being, I'm just living my life the way I want to live it. And, and hopefully that inspires other people. And then my illogical thinking sometimes comes, you know, allows other people to, to think differently and they come up with something good. So, so yeah, too much of the world, mate, is, is too many people are, are literally, um, what's the word? Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, are caught in the headlights of fear about what other people think. Who gives a shit what other people mm. think? I mean, literally, who does give a shit? It's funny, isn't it? Fear is like definitely the biggest thing for me. But it's like, it, it's funny. And it's a double-edged sword, right? It's fear of failing, but fear of, fear of success at the same time in some kind of weird ways. Do you know what I mean? Um, but what, but, but I don't know. I don't think I'm, I, th- I don't think I'm, I'm scared of failing. I think I'm often, my problem is I'm scared of trying. I'm actually, I, it's effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, saw it, I thought this last night. It's like, um, you know, sometimes I wonder actually, I know, for example, I know it sounds cocky or arrogant. I know what I have to do at us two in order to help to be part of driving it forward. I know what I don't do every day as well because I just sometimes just can't because I know because it's I just can't be bothered. The company is going well. If I say this, it will have an action. But oh, you know what? I'm loving just not having to do that. But I can't work out if that's me being lazy or if that's actually because I just don't I just don't need that. I'm not as driven anymore anymore. I don't, I'm, I'm always up in the air about it. Shit. But I think at the end of the day, it's not, a, yeah, so it's not a fear of, it's, a, it's, anyone can sit at home doing fuck all. It's not hard to do that, but not anyone can actually make this net, a step towards something else. Um, I don't know if that made any sense. I hope, I hope no, it does. It does. I guess, I guess it's like, you know, but I, I guess like us two is, is a unique place in the sense of when I worked there, um, it was very much a case of look, we try stuff out. If it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And and at the time, yeah. you know, you used to speak a lot about Saxalia, and yeah, and I think that's something that's lost at big companies. You know, a lot of places. I mean, if you look at most of like big companies and clients that you have, failure is not something that's necessarily rewarded, right? If you come in and build a big digital product and it fails, like yeah, no, you're like, right. Hey, well done, you're CEO now, right? So how do you how do you kind of like turn around? internally or that kind of culture to allow people to feel that actually do you know what they have the room to fail and it's not going to like affect their career or like you know that kind of thing this is a it's a very apt question because although you say that about us i mean i actually feel that i i sense there's often times where us two we even we 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 you know you get bigger you put structures in you are less likely to want to to, to fail you know, if I think about Monument Valley, you know, that, you know, I can absolutely categorically on that Saxalia trail point to a, a trail of things that didn't do well. But yet, yeah, yeah. clearly, by doing that, we did get to Monument Valley. Now, I'm not saying that if we start another trail, we'll get there, but I'm definitely, I can pretty much guess that if we don't do anything, we're never going to get there. So yeah. it's like, yeah, so I think, I think you just have to, I think... With, with us two, we always bet, betted what we could afford to lose. I think we, you know, we were never, we were never, again, we were always, we didn't want to make, we didn't want to, 
damage I'll them. Never for, I'll never forget that video you made me see where it was like, yeah, I just spent another 250 grand on like whale trail. And this Mate, I still send like that out now and I still talk about that. I Honestly, still throw that cut out of the video. Because, I mean, <laughs> you've got, you've got like, you obviously can sort of strategize all the left, right, and center, or spe- but you've got the thing is you, the, the, to get good at something, you have to spend time on it, don't you? So you've got to start yeah. somewhere and, and there's often too much pressure to make money from the day to day. I mean, it's the same with us too. Let's say clients hit the client service side, you know, like we know that right now we are having, we have had to, and are continuing to change our offering yet again. Because if we kept on selling the same thing we're selling two years ago, we wouldn't be around today. And, and, and that's hard because we're making money, obviously, now. So why would you change something? But we know, sure. we, we know that if we don't change it, even though we're making money today, next year we're not going to be making the same money again. So you've got to constantly like, break the things that feeds you, which is difficult. And I think big, big companies, I don't think they're incentivized right you know what they're not they're not incentivized to take risks because they'll lose their jobs probably so organizations are, are actually kill themselves because they don't they don't create that that culture that says come on to be successful we have to never be happy with what we've got so what was the hardest part for you for like taking that original kind of thing from the small business to then like the change like after i left i think you went up to around about 400 people and you know like in some respects, I have this kind of like uh, glamorized version of us all, like 25 people in Bateman's row and and then sort of seeing it change um, in, in a lot of positive ways, but also like in a very different way, it became very different. How did you kind of like, well, well actually, do you know what? How, how did you kind of like make that tra- successful transition? Actually, what were the biggest issues that you found with that kind of scale up? Well, I mean, I think that in answer to the first part of that, I think we, we have, I mean, it's become like the thing I say now. So I don't know if it's a real thing, but like we have always recognized that you have to check at us too. We have to change to stay the same. So actually our biggest, our, our mate, and that's actually a value of like embracing change is a value that although we've always had it as a value, I've never really paid any attention to it, but I've recognized that that has been our success, our willingness, yeah. even subconsciously to, to change, to change out the entire company. You know, we've had, we've, we worked out the other day, we've had over 1,000 people that have worked at us two. Um, that's, you know, so the us two that you knew is the us two that you know. The us two I know today is different from two years ago. Like we have, an, yeah, yeah. and I think the thing is, so it's not, I never look back to the early years and go, oh, that was the best time. I look back and go, that was a different a time. time. Yeah. It was a different time. It was an A time. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. an amazing time. I love every time, but differently. There's different reasons why I might have had a different time of enjoyment for that time. But you know, I would never go back to those early days now. Or, no, of course. But, not, yeah. but equally, in those days, I would never have fast forwarded to where I am today. So I think you just got. We've got. You just got to. You've got to. You've got to embrace it. And you've got to be willing to change yourself. Like if you're not somebody who's willing to change themselves, and I was still the sort of guy that I was then, then I, the company wouldn't wouldn't succeed. I need to demonstrate to myself and role model change. I need to grow up. I need to adapt. I need to know when to use my like uh, gut reaction versus when I have to t- slow right down and actually take a lot of time to get through something that might frustrate me. So. I think our success is purely based on our 
on our willingness and our in 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 changing. I mean, it's as simple as that, and and not being happy with what it was, and recognizing that if we want legacy, we want a company that stays relevant. We actually connect. We have to always believe that our best work and output is ahead of us. If it's not ahead of us, we have we, we have to give up. Yeah. And for too long, I have to say, like Monument Valley was the best and worst thing that happened to us, too. Like it was the best thing because it was something I always wanted and I wanted to prove that we could build something that would have that sort of scale. Yeah. But it but it meant that for too long after that, we were we relied on that as being the thing that we were known for. So actually that's why. My drive is always to to bring something new out, and I think you know over the next few years I can see what's on the horizon. I, I believe we will do that. Cool. You always check like we became a B Corp as recently, and that's a huge thing for us as well. I saw we? that the B Corp stuff's awesome as well. Like I mean, like the the thing that I'm doing the pack thing with the guys is tiny, but that's the sort of stuff we want to aspire to. I think that's the choice we we made as a small business. I mean, like micro business compared to us two, but having been through what. I've been through and, and just knowing that I wanted to get back to working with people that, you know, I really, really wanted to be around and had the similar sort of passion and, um, you know, not just going off on my own and that refocus on actually doing some cool stuff and, and not just doing what everybody else is doing and breaking the rules a little bit. And, and, you know, I think that's the stuff that you aspire to. And I love that you, us two still aspire to that as like a big company. I think that's like super important. Um, well, I think that's, you know, uh, what I have learned is, the, um, you know, the organization essentially does mirror the, the ownership. And I mean that in terms of our, the way me and Sinks are, our friendship, our values are, are the things that we protect. So, mm. you know, if you have an organization that embraces, that the founders embrace change, that they are, they are vulnerable, that they, open, they openly talk about their failures and own up to them, that they, they hire you great people. So yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly yeah, hundred percent. You have to. Yeah, you have, yeah exactly. Hundred percent that. And I think that that is the type of organisation that we want. So, um, you know, I'm very lucky actually because as me and things don't. I mean, I might have a different type of ego. Um, I'm sure. I think we all have ego, but me and things get our pleasure out of seeing other people perform better than us. We were never trying to be limiting the growth of our business based on me and things. So we actually like we love being in the team with the others. Um, um, that's why we've hired people to run the businesses and we've got essentially bosses in our chairman who puts awesome. us in our place. I like that. Takes the pressure off, right? Just get Take the pressure off, yeah. Pressure Steve enough, he, he loves having a boss, but I, I pretend, I let him believe <laughs> I've got a boss. I'm, I'm <laughs> Dude, look, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up there because otherwise I can talk to you all day. But yeah. like, it's it's been really cool to hear about that sort of stuff and like just share that with people as well. Like... Um, failure is such an important thing and and it's amazing how that kind of constant change and constant failure shaped the way that you do stuff for us too and uh, yeah dude like it's just just always a pleasure just remember the failure thing now is like i guess i think that what the, the the reason people get scared by the fear of failure is because they see the end they see this big this big thing that fails and then there's a huge you know a huge loss because of that you know a, a good failure in many ways a good success is that I get is that you you're doing these small steps. You you stop early if the failure gets you before it's a big failure because it burns out before then. You know, but if you don't, you know, just make those small steps forward and 
see how it goes. And like, it's, it's not an all or nothing thing, actually. Yeah, man. Cool. Mate, thanks very much for having me, bro. That was awesome, Matt. That was a a really great interview. Um, I think one of the things that kind of struck me was just, um, obviously, you guys know each other super well, and there's some love there. But um, also just, you know, how how kind of honest the chat was, was was really, really nice and really, really refreshing. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's great when, you know, like you said at the beginning, um, you know, when, when you when you start working with those guys, they were quite small and obviously now they're they're massive. They're like a kind of becoming a global brand. So it's really nice to see someone so kind of humble about that whole journey and, and pretty much, you know, just like you or I, you know, kind of felt very relatable. Um, so, yeah, he seems, he seems like a really sort of sound guy and also kind of put you yeah. on a bit of a pedestal as well which which was nice to hear is the king of flash a massive surprise a massive surprise around actually but... <laughs> yeah yeah i think we need to knock you down from that <laughs> asap <laughs> <laughs> yeah quick get me off of there no it, it 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 was you know like i i i've known mills a long time and um and it is it's it's one of the things I love about him is that he really does put it all out there. Um, even when, you know, he, he, um, he, he kind of does put his heart on his sleeve. And, and I think I kind of alluded it to it, it when, when I spoke to him, he, he literally destroyed my career in the sense that I could never really work for anyone that was just like out for money or trying to kind of just do stuff. And, and that experience of us two and working in that kind of family environment, I think really shaped the way I work now and the way I kind of approach life in general. So, you know, it, it, it was great fun. And it's always weird speaking to somebody that used to work with like a long time ago. We haven't spoken yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was it, it was really it was as much fun to record as it was to kind of listen to. Hopefully, yeah, um, great so job, absolutely, Sean. Great job. I'm getting emotional now. Little tears, <laughs> little tears. So we'll be back soon. Every other Tuesday, Pack Unleashed. Tune in, like, subscribe, all the usual stuff, and we'll see you next time. Matt. See you next Tuesday.